0: You're listening to the City Church Tallahassee podcast. For more information about City Church, please visit us online at citychurchtallahassee.com. All right. Well, greetings all and welcome back. I'm Joe Thigpen. I have Zach Meredith here with me just doing a little bit of a recap on this month's February's readings. We're going to hit on a little bit of Genesis since we finished it this month and look at Mark and Romans and really reflect on those three questions that we've been training ourselves to ask when we read the scriptures together. That's what does it reveal about God? How can we praise him for those things? And how does it impact our life? So Zach, I'd love for you to help take us through this so we'll start with genesis we read that in january finished it in february and i know you and i've talked a good bit about the story of joseph and Mm -hmm. so that was kind of the bulk of our readings in february so talk to us a little bit about in your reading you know what what god was revealing about himself and the story of joseph and what we see at the end of genesis yeah for
1: sure the the one cool thing that um going with this Bible in a Year plan and starting with, you know, Genesis 1 and just reading all the way through it, um, I kind of saw the story of Joseph differently than in the past. Like growing up, Joseph is one of those main Old Testament characters that we can kind of like pick the chapters of his life and take them out and just read those and focus on them. And, you know, kind of the hero of the story is Joseph and his faithfulness. And there's a lot of really cool little lessons about, you know, fleeing temptation, trusting in the Lord, the Lord's always with you, um, forgiveness, that sort of thing that really is uh, attached to Joseph's story. But reading it this way, looking at it through like a 10,000 foot view of looking at the Bible and God's plan, we really see that the hero of the story is God using Joseph um, and, and using him to sustain his people during famine. Um, and, and Joseph is faithful. I don't want to take any, any, anything away from him, but um, really you get to see God's hand at work through Joseph to f- continue to fulfill his covenant, that uh, to save the Israelites, to bring them into Egypt um, in good favor with Pharaoh at that time, not in Exodus, but at that time. Um, so that was something that really stuck out to me um, when this time going through, starting with Genesis 1, and then chapter by chapter, continuing along. Yeah,
0: that's excellent. And what, the second question that we've been asking is like, what what can we praise God for based on this? And there's a lot there that you're mentioning, but just when in, in we think of our private prayer lives and beginning being people that praise God in our prayer. Uh, how can people praise God for what they see in in the life and work of Joseph?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, we can we can look at Joseph as a great example of faithfulness, um, of of trusting. Um, in the promises of God and I think that you know as as I look at Joseph and in my own life I can I can thank God and praise God that if that's the same God that I serve that I love is the same God that Joseph served and Joseph loved and God isn't changing and God maintains uh, uh, his faithfulness to his covenant uh, his faithfulness to his people that he hears our prayers um, so really that's something that I can, uh, directly look at this story and just thank God for that. He is the same God he's never changing. Um, and he is faithful to uh, his people. Yeah,
0: that's excellent. I think in the line that Joseph said to his brothers, he said, what, what you intended for evil, yeah. God intended for good. And I think you, you emphasize that well that we can, we can trust him no matter where we are and uh, feast or famine right, that, that we can trust God. So, excellent. Next, just in, in staying in Genesis with, with Joseph, like, how does this affect our lives? So, like, our obedience, our walk with the Lord, and our lives as Christians before others. What are some takeaways that we, we can have from Joseph and the end of Genesis?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I feel like I'm going to be a broken record and just kind of reiterate what I just said, but it, it affects our lives because, like, we know the love that God has for us. Um, we know that no matter, uh, you know, what situations we're in, like, like the the um, verse you just said, you know, how many times do we see in the world today um, of people uh, meaning harm or or meaning to, you know, shut the church down or you know, persecute Christians, silence them, like whatever that looks like. Like we know that God is working all of those things for His glory first and foremost, um, and we may not know what that looks like, but we can trust that God is doing that for His glory. I think that's encouraging. Um, I think that's how, like, that right there affects our lives pretty heavily.
0: Yeah, no, excellent. And so moving now to Mark, so to the New Testament, so skipping over yeah, yeah, several hundred thousand years of uh, uh, history of Israel and God's people to the, the gospel of Mark. So we'd love to hear your reflections kind of similarly on those three questions, and we'll work through them one by one. Like what what's God revealing about Himself? Certainly through the person and work of Jesus here. Yeah, I was gonna say, where it's, do we see God? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next question. Great answer. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the obvious Sunday school answer is the right answer. So yeah, definitely we have to have to say that. So
1: what what can we praise Him for? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. How does Amen. that affect our life? Jesus. Amen. Next question. Next book. Next book. <laughs> Romans.
0: Um, no, but uh, take us through like some of the your your personal gleanings in the in the book of Mark um, to help us see like and maybe even what's different from, we've, we would have read Matthew now, and we finished Mark, just how, how those are, are two narratives that show us the personal work of Christ in distinct um, but complementary ways. Um, so just take us through that, some of the things that you observed about what God reveals about him, himself and the work of Jesus.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, well, the, the book of Mark was written to Gentiles and Romans, or in, in Rome. And so um, I, there is a heavy emphasis on God not only coming to save the Jewish people, but also Gentiles. And that's kind of like a, a um, strand that goes throughout the entire book of Mark. And I don't want to like jump, jump the gun on this, but it kind of uh, puts a nice ending to it with the Roman centurion at the crucifixion. Like the guy who has no clue of the Old Testament and is like in charge of like killing Jesus, essentially, and like overseeing the death of Jesus actually turns to confession of him as the son of God. And so that's kind of like puts a nice bow on the end of Mark and in the theme of like, you know, Jesus came for the Jews also, but for the Gentiles as well. But Mark is really interesting because I think that there can, it can be looked at as a, um, from an aerial view in kind of two sections. Um, I guess chapters one to midway through eight and then midway through eight to the very end. um, We're at the beginning, uh, the first half of the book, Um, Mark uh, really focused on Jesus's divine authority. So healing, um, uh, casting out demons, forgiving sins, uh, having authority over nature, right? Calming the seas. And then in Mark 8, we see Peter's confession of the Messiah where Jesus is asking them, like, who do you think I am? Who do you say I am? And Peter answers him, you're the Messiah. And that's kind of this watershed moment to where everything after that is really like they're on the way to Jerusalem. So everything after that is Jesus uh, as the suffering servant, um, predicting his death, um, telling what's going to happen. His disciples don't really get it at the time, kind of saying this is what the church is going to look like after I'm gone um, and kind of his his way into Jerusalem and to the cross. Uh, So I see, you know, I kind of see that. It's pretty interesting to think about, you know, we have the divine authority of Jesus in the first half, Peter saying, Hey, you are the Messiah. And then Jesus is like, yes, now I'm going to show you what it looks like to be a believer. Because like the next section after that is like, take up your cross or it's like self denial, you know, uh, what is it to gain the whole world, but lose your soul? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this whole theme afterwards of a suffering. Jesus has the suffering servant and then which all points to the cross.
0: Yeah. Excellent. So, the, and again, like, like Genesis and Mark, I mean, it's action-packed in many ways. Mark has you move really fast. Whoops, did, I had something. <laughs> didn't mess anything up. Did it Action-packed. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was for emphasis, totally on purpose. <laughs> uh, but you you see the narrative move pretty quickly. Yes. And so it has you look it's at— It's the some, shortest of the Gospels. That's right. Right? That's right.
1: Yeah. Nailed it. I knew that. I knew that. Um,
0: <laughs> But so similarly, like there, there's a lot there to, to praise God for and, and seeing the work of Jesus certainly is our example and his word and work and how he is a, a sacrifice for us. But what were some of the things that stood out to you? What did you find yourself praising God for as you were you were reading his word in Mark?
1: A few things that stood out to me, verse or chapter four, where Jesus is teaching using parables and the uh chapter 4 verse 21 through 23 um you probably know this from sunday school do you want to sing it for us go for it hide it under a bushel no i'm gonna let it shine right yeah i don't know that one it was on it was on key too uh, yeah you do from Crestview, you know that um (laughs) But, but as you know I, I really really like the way Jesus teaches in parables and we see that in all the gospels um but here uh just using like uh, uh, using your light uh not concealing the faith you have in in God but telling others um that was something that I really like I, I kind of forgot about this this section this parable from like 10 years old and then reading through I was like, oh my gosh like, how have I not like, you know, remember this, like this is something that's been instilled in me since I was a kid. So that was really something that I highlighted that I was like, man, like what it started out as a silly song, but what a great, you know, a lesson and reminder that is that Jesus teaches us there. Um, and then also I, I, I kind of already said it, but the, uh, the taking up your cross is just always a great reminder mm-hmm. that, um, you know, the, everyone kind of tells us the world kind of tells us to, um, like like define yourself like who are you Um, and a lot of times that looks like um, your job or your perfect family or your status in society and your friend group and always trying to climb the ladder and achieve more and acquire more um, to live a good life I'm not saying that possessions are bad but when the goal in life is to climb the ladder and acquire all these things, that's where it becomes bad. And so, you know, Jesus's reminder here of like whoever wants to save his life will lose it, whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel will save it for what does, um, what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world yet lose his life? Can anyone give in exchange for his life? I mean, at the end of the day, we're all gonna stand in account of God and the things that everyone tells us to acquire and to pursue, and that are going to satisfy or not. And so I think this is a really, really good reminder straight from the mouth of Jesus on the teaching of what it looks like to be a believer. And that's going to rub uh, some people the wrong way, probably. And that's going to kind of be countercultural. But we know that it's not in vain. We know that it's worth it. Amen. Thanks.
0: And you did a great job too of answering two questions in one. So Mm -hmm. I I tried. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really great. I feel like you're well-trained, well-spoken to uh, answer these questions well, and with song and in verse. (laughs) And in song, yes. Yeah. You've definitely raised the bar from Dean last time. So great, great work. I got another song coming up too. Well, now we get to get to go. All right. Excellent. (laughs) Uh, You mentioned in your first answer though, and you even set up the next book in Mm -hmm. your first answer. Well well done. (laughs) Um, yeah, this is becoming a flattery episode, so let's, let's guard ourselves. Yeah, right? like, yeah. uh, but you mentioned the confession of the centurion at the end of Mark's gospel, which is, kind of serves as a climax of the entire mm-hmm. book, being written, like you said, to, to Romans. And now the centurion is confessing that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. So that's going to take us to the book of Romans. So probably some of the same Christians that would have read or heard the gospel of Mark. Uh, now have this letter written to them by Paul, and certainly one of the the denser books as far as like <laughs> how long is this thing going to con- go? <laughs> it's going to be another yeah, hour and a 16 half. Sixteen chapters of yeah. rich and packed theology. Um, take us through it, kind of similar. I mean, you you do a great job answering multiple questions, so I'm just going to let you talk
1: now <laughs> uh, of what it is that you you've seen in the and I, I, yeah, as I in the Book you, of you Romans, build so. me up, and I'm about to stutter through this one. Yeah. Um. The first the first little section that really stuck out stood out to me as we um, have been you know in our own quiet times and reading plans we've been going through Genesis right and and into Exodus mm-hmm. um, but then on Sunday mornings as well studying the Old Testament books you know starting in Genesis and Exodus and and all the way through um, right now when this is being recorded we just finished Ruth but um, we, we've been really looking at like the Israelites right and and the try and their journey right from uh, Joseph and and Jacob and them going to Egypt and then in Exodus like their whole uh you know men the whole mentality of them being in Egypt is flipped and now they're slaves and God rescuing them out of that um and then the constant rebellion um from Sinai through the wilderness to the promised land and them not you know and judges when they're in the promised land not um, obeying God's will but like so we've been reading and, and listening and I feel like you know we've just been like in with the Israelites in this journey, and then to read in Romans uh, chapters 9, 10, 11, where he's talking about Israel and God's Mm -hmm. plan. I -hmm. thought that was an awesome, awesome connection to New Testament book. Years and years and years later, he's direct referencing something that we've been studying so closely. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I thought that was so cool that these aren't like different events that, Are just kind of compiled into a book randomly No, like this is the narrative of God's work and his plan for redemption throughout the entire Bible Mm -hmm. that we see from Genesis Mm -hmm. to Revelation Mm -hmm. and like Hebrews references the Israelites too Mm -hmm. I mean it most of the New Testament letters reference all that stuff Mm -hmm. because it's such Mm -hmm. an important history Mm -hmm. in God with God's people so uh, that was something that stood out to me a lot of uh, he spends three whole chapters talking about the role of Israel and, you know, their rejection of God, but then God is so gracious to Israel. Um, And so uh, that was something that was really cool uh, that, that I saw in Romans, just a little section of Romans. Yeah. That's excellent. Referencing the old Testament and something we've been looking at closely, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's something I was talking to my, to my mentees, this morning through CCU and we're, we're mm-hmm. working through Romans and hitting on those same points that a lot of times we when read, we read Romans, we can be mesmerized by the majesty of Romans. So like just the elevated language that Paul uses, the theology of Romans and can miss how he's developing a lot of Old Testament themes. So, that's, yeah, for sure. A really great, great link. And the good the good news is we're going to read Romans again in this reading plan. Or even if you haven't you, if you haven't read it yet, we'll, we'll come back around to it probably probably in the fall. So based on that, I mean, there's a lot of rich theology. Uh, again, similar, like similar question, like what can we, how can we praise God for what what we see in Romans? There's a lot that takes a long time to mm-hmm. think through. Like those same chapters that you mentioned, Romans 9, 10, and eleven, can be challenging for some unacquainted with kind of Israel's history and mm-hmm. God's work and plan of redemption, His covenants, and how it it comes to a head in, in Christ. But there's certainly a lot to praise Him for. Mm-hmm. Um, so take us through that. What can we praise yeah. Him for, and how can Change our lives.
1: Yeah, one one thing that stood out, and I was actually listening to it. There's this is like a shameless plug. I'm not getting paid for this, but an app called Streetlights, and they kind of, it's like almost a spoken word behind kind of like this hip hop beat. It's like pretty cool. So, you got another song for us? uh, Yeah, beatbox me real quick. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, But no, like listen, like the majority of Romans I listened to, and it was like a great way to take in something that I've read before, but to hear it like through a different medium. And one of the things that I've read a lot and actually preached on at youth on Wednesday night, but it just hit me, um, was in uh, chapter six, seven and eight talks uh, a lot about the union um, with Christ and then the spirits work in us. Um, And then more specifically in chapter eight, verses 26 through 30, um, where it just talks about how the spirit helps us in our weakness Uh, Even when we don't know what to pray, the Spirit intercedes Mm -hmm. for us on behalf, uh, uh, before God. Um, And, I mean, that is just something that is, like, so applicable to, um, like, all of our lives as believers. As we go through struggles and we go through, you know, uh, different seasons of life where maybe sometimes we just don't know what to pray. And we just don't, and we're just, we feel broken. And we know that the Spirit is is talking, like, for us to God. He's our uh, intercedes for us um, and so that was something that as I was reading that um, and then obviously Romans 8:28 and as it uh, continues to go down being you know predestined those he uh, called also justified justified glorified like we know that you know God has a plan for us and sometimes that doesn't look like what we think it should look like but we know for a fact that his plan is to glorify himself and we have a, a role in that. Um, and so those two things combined really hit me of, you know, oftentimes we find ourselves not knowing what to pray or what to say or, or how to respond, but we have faith through the spirit that, you know, God is still working in that and God knows us and he hears us and he knows what we need oftentimes way better than we know ourselves. So, yeah, that's great.
0: And and I think one of the richest theological treatises of the, of the New Testament, Romans uh, ends with, you know, five chapters of application of, right, of, right, right. of the theology. So Paul moves right right into that. So it's, a, I, mean, I think, just, just like you mentioned, like he, based on all the work that God has done in chapters 1 through 11, Paul then transform, tra- mm-hmm. transitions and says, therefore, I urge you to, to live in, in this way. So any, any last last thoughts on, on Romans or any, any connections that you were you making uh, from reading it or anything that we've we've discussed? This has been great.
1: Yeah. Um, my mom used to tell me growing up, kill them with kindness. And so just, you know, if somebody's, you know, dogging you or talking trash or being mean to you, kill them with kindness. And I was like, okay, kill them with kindness, kill them with kindness. And then we read in Romans twelve twenty one, 21, uh, do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. That's where my mom got it from. <laughs> I hear I thought my mom was like Shakespeare or something. It's like, Oh, kill him with kindness. Yeah. No, it's a biblical, it's a biblical truth. It's a biblical principle. Um, so I just found that like, that was one thing I, I highlighted, like mom, biblical she's wisdom. She's Boom. Right there. Still from her wisdom. Still learning years from, years later. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> kill him with kindness. Mom, Romans, God <laughs> right there. Uh, but yeah, no, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I hope to be on again soon
0: all right we'll see we'll see we'll see what everybody says Um, no but thanks for the time Zach yeah I appreciate it thanks for joining we hope to do these every month just recapping we know we didn't recap all the readings for this month but really want to help introduce to some and kind of highlight some themes and books that we've read together so we'll keep doing these Lord willing each month as we work our way through the reading plan this year so thanks for thanks for joining Uh, grace and peace grace and peace